Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into another episode of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I am Martin Weiss, who's been seeing the board just about as well as Stevie Wonder through five weeks of this season. Joined here with my much better, uh, uh, more clairvoyant co-host, Mark Gunnels, who told everybody on Twitter slash X, on which he has the biggest, spacious platform on the app. I saw him tweet 450 people after the Packers and the Raiders game to break down everything that happened. And he told all of them to fade me. So thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Hey, man, I'm a man of the people. I just want them uh, to not lose their money. So, you know, you're kind of on a bad streak right now. So, you know, if you once you start getting things together, then I'll still tell them, you know, I'll tell them, okay, you can probably tell Martin now, but I got to see at least two to three weeks of, of, of winning records from you to, to get to that point. I can't believe this. I have to pull my own weight according to this kid. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 31 and 40 and two overall on the season for more for me. It's disgusting. It's still early, man. It's still early. And, and here's the good thing. We, we we make plays on every single game, right? So all it takes is one really, really good week for you to be back, be back to 500. So but generally, I normally start the week out hot. Like, I'm I'm generally in my best places before the bye weeks occur. And that's why I'm just like, oh, my goodness, what is going on here? I saw a tweet. I'm trying to pull it up now that really encapsulates why I'm doing so poorly. But in the meantime, I want to talk about uh, the Raiders won last night. And uh, in between, it seemed like Josh McDaniel was doing everything he could to try his best to lose it, but Jordan Love said, no, 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 don't you worry. I got your back. Yeah. Um, I will say, I must admit, I think I probably jumped the gun a little bit on Jordan Love. Uh, oh, you don't I've been, say. I've been pounding the table saying they got another one. Remember I said that, Martin? They got another one. After they oh, came I've, back. I very well remember you were talking about how. After that Saints the- game. <laughs> <laughs> You said they found another quarterback. It's Brett Favre. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Jordan Love. And I said, you know, Brett Favre, Mr. Steel from Mississippi, and Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Anti-Vax, both of them are first ballot Hall of Famers. Jordan Love doesn't have a controversy nor <laughs> Hall of Fame career yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to take a back seat a little bit. Now, it doesn't mean I still don't like Jordan Love as a prospect moving forward, but as far as this year, I think I may have been a little over my skis. Uh, I, I thought this team could compete for the NFC North. It looks like now you're, you're one of your old uh, cities, Detroit, is going to just run away with that division. I mean, the Vikings are one and four, the Packers are two and three, and the Bears are the Bears. I mean, the Lions may win that division by six games at this point. Don't you put that evil juju on the Lions? Don't you do that the same way you put it on I Jordan mean, Love? No, I just, no, seriously, though, I, I'm kicking myself for not for betting the Packers to win the division and the Lions just to make the playoffs because the Lions to me are the class of the division. I found my tweet. Here it is from John Ewing, who covers uh, BetMGM. NFL teams getting 50% or more of the bets. Okay. Okay. That's about as public as it gets. 50% Mm -hmm. or more of the bets are 44, 27, and three against the spread this season. That's 62%. Wow. It's the best start for the public through week five since at least 2005. And honestly, that is what that is part of the reason that's, why that's I'm the, get that's my ass right there. Yeah. Because I am not, I would you're, say you're, I'm not a public better. You're like, a I, public guy. Yeah. 100%, almost overwhelmingly. And then I've seen so many, like, especially in these primetime games, like 99% of the money was on DJ Moore to have over, you know, 57 yards receiving. And he yeah. goes for 232. It's like, that's not supposed to happen in real betting, right? (laughs) That's some prize picks type stuff. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I want to start with... uh, We're doing a vibe check? You go first. Yeah, who you got? Who's who's got the good vibes? The good vibes? You know, it's kind of unusual. You go go for a team that's under 500 right now. But I think in this situation, there's deserving to be an outlier. I think you know where I'm going. I'm going to Cincinnati, baby. 
I okay. told you they weren't losing to the Cardinals. I told you they were due for a, a get right game eventually. This team was not going to fall to one and four. Joe Burrow said before the game he felt the best he's felt all season, and he looked like he did. He was actually moving around the pocket, that 60 yard dot in the air to Jamar Chase. It's a beautiful throw. Jamar Chase, like he said, he's always effing open. Shout out to 7 Eleven because he was clearly open a lot this past weekend. I think considering just the health of Joe Burrow, from the eye test, he looked like he was back to the old Joe Burrow. So forget the record right now. That's why it's good vibes. It felt like the Cincinnati Bengals that you have were heavy on before the year, and you saw you saw you're starting to back off a little bit. So I'm curious to see where you're at now with, with after that showing this past week. I mean, look. I don't know why Jonathan Gannon didn't double team Jamar Chase at any point throughout the game. I was upset because I bet on Arizona in that time. But, you know, I do think for the whole thing going forward, if they didn't win that game, Cincinnati, it's over with. It was all the, I mean, you want to talk about vibes are in hell if they don't win that game. So good on you, figuring it out, getting that win and keeping your season alive. Because, you know, this Bengals team generally will mess around for the first you know, eight weeks of the season and then go on a tear. Yeah. And it also helped that division. The Ravens left the door open. They lost to the, they shouldn't have lost that game to Pittsburgh. That was an ugly game. I don't know how they lost that game. And you got Pittsburgh leading the division. I think that's the best case scenario if you're Cincinnati right now. And then the Browns, we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play this week and they're playing the Niners. So things could be, the AFC North could be pretty tricky here in the next couple of weeks. I'll go my good vibes, you know, is the Eagles right now. You know, new coordinators, both their coordinators went to go be head coaches. The new coordinators, the tush push is now being copied across the league, which is a disgusting <laughs> disgrace against football. But, I mean, I was on the Rams. I think everybody was on the Rams. So many people, like, yeah. thinking the Rams, that was an upset special right there. Eagles come in and it's not even particularly close. Like, and then the ability to get uh, uh, Carter in the draft, who to me is the defensive rookie of the year, like, or will be when it's all said and done. It's just like they just added strength on strength and their secondary is not great. But how good does your secondary need to be when Jalen Carter is sitting on top of quarterbacks after two seconds of having the ball? And it's like they're, they haven't lost, and everybody's just kind of looking at him, waiting. Is it, is it Fugazi? Is it not? It's like Super Bowl hangover, not so much. Yeah. 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 I like that one a lot. I mean, they're winning games, and people are still criticizing them because they're not winning in blowout fashion. I think it has, has a lot to do with the Niners. People are looking at the Niners and how they're winning their games, and like, 5-0 is still 5-0, man. I mean, they were in an NFC Championship game last year. They went to the Super Bowl. Like, the Eagles are really good still. Uh, bad vibes, though. Let's go to some bad vibes. How about the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I watched all that game, by the way, because it was uh, televised here locally in Los Angeles. So it was one of the CBS games. And the Pittsburgh Steelers look bad. Like, they're one of the worst three and two teams I've. They been. are bad. They are yeah. bad offensively. Yeah. That's a bad team. How are they three and two? Like they had two defensive touchdowns against the Browns, and then they beat the Ravens, who had like a hundred drops. <laughs> and then Lamar, for certain, they, they do a fade route at the five yard line, and Lamar severely underthrows it for an interception. Then he gets a strip fumble. I mean. What could go wrong went wrong for the Ravens offensively. And this team really should be 5-0. and They should have lost that Colts game. They had no business losing that game as well. And this is another game they lost. Like, they had no business losing. And this has always been the thing since John Harbaugh's been there. They've always had these type of games where it's like you're watching it and you don't understand how they lost to such an inferior team. They are miles better than Pittsburgh. Like, that game shouldn't even been close. If if Bateman catches that touchdown, they go up 14 to nothing. It was right Aguilar in his catches hand. a touchdown. Yes, they dropped two touchdowns. <laughs> and now you got the Bengals getting their swagger back, apparently. And they're only game a game behind you. Like you had a chance to really separate yourselves in that division. You would have been four and one. The the Pittsburgh would have been two and three. Cincinnati's two and three. The Browns are who knows what Watson's going on there. You had a real good chance. And you got the Chiefs at four and one sitting pretty in the AFC. You could have, 
I don't know, man. The Ravens, I'm not even a Ravens fan. You know that, but just as a football this feels fan, bad. This just feels like, bad watching it. Yes. And I know you like Lamar too. Like it's yeah, just sure. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Bad vibes. No. Bad vibes right now. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys got bad vibes. I'm you sorry. You could have went ugly there too. <laughs> they're still, I mean, they're still three and two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sure. still three and two. Their defense has sure. still been pretty dang good. I think this is just an ultimate, like, you know how boxing, you have different weight classes, yeah. right? This was a featherweight stepping into the ring with a heavyweight. And everybody was like, no, nah, he's got a shot until the fight started. And then after the fight started, it was like, <laughs> oh, wow. This is, uh, goodness gracious, Errol Spence is about to get his ass whooped. I was just going <laughs> to say, that reminds me of that fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, but the thing of the difference between Errol Spence and the Dallas Cowboys, at least Errol Spence shows some heart. I mean, and isn't it? He's he's from Dallas too, isn't he? Isn't Earl Spence sure. from I think Tough he Week is. for Texas on the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could go with the 49ers having good vibes. I still think everything that's true about the 49ers last week is still true this week, right? You have great defense, your offense is skill position dependent. Brock Purdy is good enough to get things done. Um, you would love to see him in a scenario in which he is trailing and has to come back and win a game, but. You know, if they never get to that scenario, how much can you hold it against them? So, And the Dallas Cowboys were supposed to be this team that after last year, they came in, you know, you had Fred Warner guarding T.Y. Hilton down the stretch in the in that <laughs> playoff game. And you know what? You had Fred Warner guarding Brandon Cooks the same way today or, or on, on Sunday. It's that this Dallas team, I bought into it. You bought into it. And it's it's one of these things. It's like it's not over yet. It's definitely not over yet. Super Bowls are not won before Halloween, right? But this was a measuring stick, and it turned out to be a freaking sledgehammer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of sledgehammers, this team has been <laughs> got the hammer put on them the last two weeks for ugly vibes. And I'm talking about the New England Patriots. Um, I'm, I'm scared you may have the same one here because, I mean, th this seems like a pretty obvious ugly vibes. I mean, Belichick had his worst loss of his career two weeks ago against Dallas. Then he had his worst home loss this past Sunday against your New Orleans Saints. And as much as you talk about the Saints and how down you are on them, to get beat by them, was it 34 to nothing? I mean, I know they have one win, but are the Patriots the worst team in football? The Patriots have played a crazy <laughs> schedule so far to start the year. However... I was watching that game and thought, wow, you know how this ends? This is sick. This is sick how this is going to end. Because Bill Belichick's going to draft Caleb Williams with the first overall pick because this is the worst team in football. <laughs> it's like, this is sick how this ends. And then he gets he gets Caleb Williams. And now you know what we are? Right back where we were. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, as of right now, yeah, this is the worst team in football. I think whether or not they, I don't know if, like, I think that Mac Jones is a serviceable quarterback, right? But, like, I don't think that they're so bad offensively. I don't know what, like, the ceiling of, like, even if you add a healthy Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen to this offense, I don't think – I think they're a 500 team if you do that. Like, I don't think – like, you know what I'm saying? Generally, you would think you add one of these type of guys to your roster, all of a sudden – you were in the playoffs regardless, right? You don't think you – that's your automatic thought is when you add these type of guys. I don't think – ain't nothing they can do. And, like, look, the Patriots stink. The Giants stink. You know, the Cardinals stink. I mean, not the Cardinals. Uh, uh, the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers stink. There's a lot of teams that are stink. But this one, dude, I don't pro. They don't have I don't no see talent. any way – I'm just saying they're devoid. Like they're devoid of talent. Their two best players on defense just got hurt and are out for an extended period of time. Is this like, your ugly vibes no, too? You're going Patriots too for ugly. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My ugly vibe is the Panthers. Um, now I didn't expect this five weeks through the season, but like the Lions are like the second or third best team in the NFC. Like wherever wherever you want to talk, they they are a top six team in the league right now as crazy as that sounds but to go in and they haven't had an offensive identity 
with Bryce Young yet. And Andy Dalton comes in with the same guys and moves the ball up and moves the ball up and down a Seattle team that's not great, right? But you would like to see more progress out of the number one overall pick so far. And really, it just seems like week in, week out. And I want to say it was a miss, but you end up missing like like DeAndre Ayton. Was he a miss as the number one overall pick? He plays pretty much 65 games a year. He's a good 8, 20, and 10 guy, like 15 and 10 guy when he, you know, when he gets it, when he gets in the right situation, the right spot. But you look at a draft in which Luka Doncic existed, Trey Young existed, both of whom have seen conference finals as the best player on their team, right? Yeah. I think that is the scenario that we might be in with Carolina. It's like you may have drafted a guy who's serviceable at quarterback in Bryce Young. As long as you put everything around and you know everything around him and make everything build right, CJ Stroud is taking a team that was earned the number two overall pick last year, right? Like they didn't trade for it; they they just got it because they sucked that bad. And he looks he's fitting right in. And if I and then you see Frank Reich today uh, coming out talking about how like the owners are heavily involved. The owner was heavily involved in the pick and all of this and that. It's like. I don't know. That's that's pretty ugly, especially five weeks into a new regime. It's definitely ugly. It's definitely ugly for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. Do you think that Belichick has lost his fastball though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think when you're you're looking at their situation offensively, I mean, we never knew him to be an offensive guy, right? But. I mean, as the time keeps going on and on, I, the narrative of the Tom Brady thing just continues to get worse. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say as far as defense side of the ball goes because their offense is so bad. Their defense is on the field so much, Martin. Like, they're not sustaining drives. Exactly. Like, you're having so many three and outs. You know, guys are barely getting to the sideline to drink some Gatorade and they're back out on their feet. Like, I mean, so I, I don't want to be too harsh on the defense. And then, like you said before, they're missing their two best players, which happen to be their two best defensive players as well. So I, I, it, it's tough to say. Now, if the rumors are true, let's say this, right? Because I, I don't want to say he lost it. Because what if he becomes the next Chargers head coach? As a Chiefs fan, I'm I'm terrified. I don't I don't want that. So. I can't say he lost his fastball and in the same breath. If he went to the Chargers, I'm 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 scared of the division at that point. I, I legitimately am. Because now you have the offense is work. You don't have to worry about the offense no more. You're good. And I, I feel like he'll get the defense to be playing pretty good for the Chargers if he went there. It, it seems to me that he has lost like the ability of like uh uh picking players is one that if he if he designated if he had a good GM. I think coaching would be not an issue at all. But, like, Jacoby Myers was tearing the Packers up last night on Monday Night Football. You may remember him from the New England Patriots just a few years ago, right? And, yeah, he made that dumb move where he threw the ball back and Chandler Jones recovered it and, you know, ran it into the end zone. But Jacoby Myers is legit. He can play, you know. And you know what they do? They turn around and get that same deal to Juju, who, believe it or not, his knee might explode, according to some people. Right. And then you saw Juju like, you know, I heard you on Kansas City Sports Radio. Oh, by the way. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot this. I meant to lead the show with this. I'm going to set a watch. I'm going to set a 30 second timer. Name as many Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks as you can. Wow. Go. <laughs> Are you going to be doing for real? <laughs> I don't know, man, because last I heard you only got Dante Culpepper. And uh, and that was that. Oh, you say no, you say Brett Favre. I, I, I snuck in name. Brett Favre at the last second. <laughs> I mean, you Fran Tarkenton, Case Keenum. I mean, uh, you could have went all the way. How about the current one? Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond started the game for the Vikings, I believe. I don't I'm know. Just, I, I just froze. I froze, man. I choked. Now tell the people what happened. I want you to tell the people what happened because you were in an all big, big bad six ten KC Sports Radio. I was sitting there listening. I listened to the whole damn old thing except until that part. I started laughing so hard I turned it off. <laughs> Mister Sky Moore is about to have eight hundred yards receiving. I heard that too. Yeah. So I mean, last week uh, you guys know I was in, on different location. I was back home in Kansas City. I got asked to join six ten Sports Radio in Kansas City, which is the number one 
sports talk station out there. I grew up listening to them my whole life. Used to be a caller, all of that. So they had me come on um, the afternoon drive with Carrington Harrison, C dot. It's his nickname. And part of the segment while I was on there for my 30 minutes, they do this thing for guests. They make you name the quarterbacks of the next to Chiefs opponent from a certain time frame, though. So I couldn't name Tarkinson. It was from Randall Cunningham to current day. So I have the name starting quarterbacks between that window. And you get oh, 30 I'm seconds. Sorry. So not the last 50 years, just the last 35 years. <laughs> oh, okay. So you get 30 seconds to do it. And once you're done, a caller gets to come in and see if they can beat you. And then they get like a free piece or whatever. And I only got two. But surprisingly, I actually a one because the caller only got one. <laughs> The caller named, uh, I can't remember who he said, but he named one and then took the rest of his time. I think it's Case Keenum was when he said. Yeah. And then took the rest of his time to tell you that you were wrong about KU versus K-State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just gave up in the middle of it. And I, so only two names I got was Cole Pepper and I snuck in Brett Favre. I can't believe I missed. I forgot Case Keenum. I was like, who was the Minnesota Miracle quarterback? I choked, man. I, I choked. I choked. I choked. I mean, it, not your finest showing. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. It was a uh, nominee for Ugly Vibes, but I didn't <laughs> want to. I didn't want to do you like that. <laughs> One more thing though, before we pivot, uh, I know mm-hmm. you're talking about Belichick and him kind of losing the the ta- talent eye, if you would. Remember, he used to just pick guys off the street, or if he let go of somebody, it's like you better not sign him, right? Because if he let go of them, that means they're done. I think the Chiefs are that new team. Let go of Juju. His knee's about to explode, allegedly. Let McCall Hartman walk. Now he's in trade talks. Just saying. Well, the Chiefs still need some wide receiver help also, so you could just say that all you want. Well, uh, I, I still think their young receivers will develop throughout the course of the season. I be, I like Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice is nice. I did see he was getting a ton of targets Yeah, when Mahomes. Like, apparently he doesn't run very, very many routes, but he does get a ton of targets. But – uh, I just this just came across a little birdie just said that uh Frank Clark is not at practice today. <laughs> so I think there is something to this Broncos fielding trade calls for Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and the rest of it. And if I know anything about Sean Payton, Sean Payton is about to tear that thing to the studs right now in Denver and build it back up because he has the ability to do so. He's got the tr- he's got the length of the contract to do so and. I mean, another another yeah. former chief, by the way. Hey, what what so what is this? Are you are you are you proud that Frank Clark is now not at practice? No, I'm just saying it kind of goes to my point. What I was just saying, like all these former chiefs are not doing too well in their new destinations. That's all I'm saying. Last thing I'll say before we go and pick on some new games. Roger Goodell says they're adding another international game in a new location. My only request is this. Can the game be played at the same time all the other games are played? That's what makes you like, what, what, it was, what is this early window that we're trying to make like an early prime time? This is not radio. There's no such thing as AM drive. But it's, right? not early, it's not early for them, though, Martin. It's like a 10-hour time difference. So what? They, <laughs> want, they go to one football game a year. It could be at 8 p.m., okay? Make it 8.30. Why? Who cares? They don't. They don't go. They don't know. That what are they missing? It's not in their routine. It's not in their schedule. I got to set an alarm to wake up to watch football. You know, by the four o'clock games, I'm tired. Why? Because I've got up earlier than I got up. It's like I got up at work. Well, we're on the West Coast too. Nobody cares about our time zone. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. You want to go play a game in Mexico City at one o'clock? Knock yourself out. It's the same time zone, central time. I love it, okay? You want to go over there and play one in London, Greenwich time, whatever it is? No, no, no. Roll that thing so it starts at 1 o'clock Eastern like all the rest of the games. <laughs> I rest my case. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I, I, I can prepare in a few weeks for the Chiefs-Dolphins game in Germany. That's going to be fun. That's another That's another 9.30 kickoff? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Two of the best offenses historically – the Chiefs not there yet, but over the past five years, yeah. Miami, one of the best ones right now. Getting with a ton of points. Can't wait to see the jet lag and all of that, because you can't tell me Buffalo was a jet lag. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and the Jazz got to stay there for two weeks. 
talk about an unfair advantage. I mean, they have to also have to play in London for two weeks. I feel like that's unfair in general. I mean, they apparently do better there than, than in Jacksonville. They're 0-2 in Jacksonville, 2-0 in London. That's where Urban Meyer got his first win, too. Hey, call him the London Jaguars. The London Jaguars. Yeah, Roger Goodell will be happy about that. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's take a break, and then we'll pick some of these games coming up. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call one 800 Three two seven five zero five zero or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call one eight hundred two seven zero seven one one seven. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one eight hundred Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit one eight hundred Gambler net. New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y to four. Six seven three six nine. All right, Martin. Let's see. Can you finally get in the winner column this week? We got this a freaking guy. <laughs> you know I'm gonna milk this as much as I can. Uh, I got five games for us to highlight this week. Let's start off with one of your favorite games, a 6:30 a.m. start out here on the West Coast. Once again, the Ravens against the Titans. Technically, the Titans are the home team here. The Ravens are favored by four. The over-under total points right now is at 41 even. Where are you leaning on this one? Taking the Ravens. I'm taking laying the points. Uh, I think, like you said, the Ravens had two hard luck losses, and the Titans have not been very impressive. You know, so far this year, Tajay Spears is out carrying or out, like, attempting, rather, Derrick Henry, which is something that's uh, something to keep your eye on. Um, but Ryan Tannehill is not good. This Titans offense is not. They're doing like they've thrown multiple wide or running back passes this year because they can't make explosive plays, you know. Um, and I think the Ravens, if they don't literally drop two touchdowns, are walking out of Pittsburgh with a win in a big way. And so I'm going with the Ravens here, especially too, because they've already they're already in London, whereas Tennessee is taking the red eye, and we mm. saw how that strategy worked for Buffalo. Uh, and a sleepwalking Buffalo is is less is more intimidating, I should say, than a sleepwalking Titans team. Yeah, we're going to agree on this. When I got the Ravens with the four points as well, I do actually like the under here too at forty one. I think this is going to be one of those ugly, low scoring AFC North. I know the Titans are the AFC South, but they have an AFC North type of vibe how they play with Mike Vrabel, very gritty, hard nosed team, and then the fact that it's in it's overseas. I just think, you know, it may see a sluggish start from both the offenses and two pretty good defenses in this game as well. So I think the under is a good play as well here. Uh, let's go to the next game. This was a little tricky because we don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Browns, but we got the Niners going across the country. Not They're staying in the U- U.S. though, Martin. They're not going outside the country, but they're going to the East Coast to take on the Cleveland Browns. Right now, the Niners are five-and-a-half-point favorites over under total points at 37-and-a-half. As of about 30 minutes ago, I saw a report if Deshaun Watson cannot play, the Browns plan on starting P.J. Walker over DTR, if that's the case. 
So PJ Walker, Houston Roughneck legend, XFL MVP, baby. So this line is weird because obviously we don't know the status of Watson. He seems to be day to day, but I'm going to take a stab and guess he's not going to play. I'm taking the Niners at five and a half. Even if he does play, the Niners can still win this game by a touchdown. So I still think that is the right way to go here. Uh, The Niners are just a well-oiled machine. Uh, the Browns, even with Deshaun Watson, I'm not starting that offense right now. I, I think they lack a uh, big playmaking ability. Obviously, you don't have Nick Chubb, which would have been a, a nice guy to have in this matchup to establish a, some some bit of a running game against that Niners defense, set up, set up some play action. So I, I'm taking the Niners despite who's going to be a quarterback for the Browns at five and a half. I am going to take the under here. How about that? San Francisco they scored over 30 points in five <laughs> games straight, and I'm taking the under. Wow. Okay. I'm taking the under. Uh, this Cleveland defense is really, really good. They're really, really good. Now, the Cleveland offense leave much to be desired. Are you not scared, I, though, if it's not – if it's like P.J. Walker, they could have, like, turnovers and set up easy scoring chances for the Niners? I'd be more concerned if it was do, uh, DTR in terms of turnovers and stuff like okay, that. PJ Walker's fair. played a lot of football. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't expect him to come out and be good or by any stretch. But I do like some of the some of the like, dude. What are you doing? I don't expect out of PJ Walker. I, I watched him play for Carolina a lot last year, and uh, he was serviceable. Like I'm not expecting him to be again. He, he's a good backup quarterback. I think uh, one that bounced around the league. You never really want him to be your starter by any stretch of the imagination. But, again, play you for four quarters. I think he should be all right. And really, man, I just – the Niners have never had any struggles except for when Brock Purdy tore his UCL in the NFC Championship game. Since they traded for Christian McCaffrey, because everybody wants to say, since it was Brock Purdy got started. No, no, no. Since they traded for Christian McCaffrey, they have yeah. not had – they have not missed a beat, not skipped a beat. Everybody thought it was going to be last week versus Dallas. I was one of them. That three and a half was so inviting. Oh, my gosh. I was one of those jerks. who was like, oh, you know, if it was just three, I'd like San Francisco. But at the half, oh, give me Dallas. Like, you know, no, no, no. It didn't matter. The hook, no hook, you know, zero hook. It has no impact whatsoever. But at some point, the 49ers are going to lose a game. They have to, right? Just by, I mean, it. Are we? Is Brock Purdy really going to go undefeated in his entire NFL career? It's going to be hard for me to square that one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I want to take the Browns five and a half. Don't know who the quarterback is, like you said. Uh, DTR is a hell no. PJ Walker is okay. And Deshaun would be like, all right, let's rock. But uh, at, I'm just going to take the under 37 and a half, close my nose and plug my eyes. All right. Let's go to, I think, for me, is the game of the week. I'm really intrigued by this matchup. We're actually staying in the state of Ohio. We're going to Cincinnati. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to play the Bengals right now. The Bengals are getting the classic at home minus three over under right now is at 45 and a half. Where do you lean on this one? This is tough for me. I think, think I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Okay. Even You're back though, on the Bengals train. Well, I think the Seahawks, well, the thing about, all right. So Josh Dobbs threw a pick six, and that's really the big reason why the game spread out against the uh, against the Bengals and the Cardinals. Yeah, but I, what I think the Bengals did a good job of is is running the ball on the Cardinals and not allowing like defensive pressure, right, to get to Joe. Joe was more comfortable in the backfield than he had been in, in, a, in quite some time. Seahawks also don't have that big pressure unit that can get home all the time on this Bengals offensive line, which is a weakness. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll go ahead and lay the three. Seattle's off a bye. I don't love that. You know what I'm saying? In terms of laying the three for uh Cincinnati, I'm waffling on this one because I think these are two close games. If it was at if it was in Seattle, I'd take Seattle with like if Seattle plus two in Seattle, I'd take that. Um I'll go ahead. I'm gonna come on, man. If if let's see, let's see if Joe is right. Yeah, I'm taking a stab on the Bengals in this one as well. I, I just think Last week was the beginning of, okay, we're getting back to the Bengals, but I think you really have to win this one to solidify it. And not to mention, the Bengals have a bye after this week. You know how they play after the bye? They go to San Francisco to play the Niners. So you cannot go to that game being two and four because you're looking at two and five and then your season's over with. 
So I think it's really important. You go to the buy at 500 where you could even afford to lose that Niners game. You're still three and four. You're still in the mix. So I, I think this is an ultimate must win. I, last week was obviously just to kind of keep in the race, but this one is just as important considering the upcoming schedule with the Niners looming after, after your bye week. So I, I think just as far as desperation, you're going back home. You should have a very inner energized crowd with Joe Burrow looking like Joe Burrow again. I think the Bengals covered a three, but like you mentioned, this is definitely a tough one for me. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This one is a little intriguing to me. I think that, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. We got the 5-0 and Eagles traveling to take the on the New York Jets. The Eagles are favored by seven right now, <laughs> over under at 41 and a half. I'll start off on this one. To me, this is actually easy. The Jets would... You got to take the Jets plus seven, right? Oh, you're raising your eyebrows. Like, you don't know about Who that. Do you have to take the Jets plus seven? <laughs> you do, Morton. Seven is a lot of freaking points for an Eagles team that really hasn't looked dominant. Yes, they're five and no, but a lot of their games are pretty close. The Jets still have a really good defense. I could see a scenario where they turn, they turn Hurts over a couple times. Zach Wilson hasn't looked completely terrible the last two weeks. You know, which is a low bar for him. But hey, you know, we got to start somewhere, right? You know, they almost beat the Chiefs. They went into Denver. I know Denver's not good, but still went on the road and got a win. They're two and three. I mean, things aren't as bad as it looked two or three weeks ago for the Jets in my mind at this point. I I think they lose the game, but seven, Martin? I don't know about that. Give me the Jets plus seven at home. I'm laying seven. Fly Eagles fly. Wow. This Jets, the Jets, all right. The Jets have a pretty good defense, they say. Josh Allen gave them four turnovers in week one. They held the Patriots to a measly 15. And we've seen now everybody holds the Patriots to 15 at the most. Chiefs offensively did not look great, but if they score that touchdown at the end, that will cover the spread with Mahomes running out of bounds with one second left. Like, <laughs> look at me. Look how cool I am. Victory formation. But if you bet on me, you didn't win. Like, that would have been a two-score game. If uh, if Denver was better offensively, that probably would. I mean, that's fumble recovery for a touchdown with Sean Payton yelling, hey, you're hot to the back. Meanwhile, Sean, the back was covered. So I don't know what he was supposed to do there. Uh, probably the game just, just feels a little fumbling. trappy to me. You don't feel trappy to you at all? The trap is that people are buying into the New York Jets. That's the trap. <laughs> That's the trap. I think the Eagles win this one going away, and everybody kind of comes back down to earth. On like, keep in mind though, Martin. I, I know you. I'm not, I'm not going to sway you. I know that because you're you're very hard headed. But the next week, the Eagles play the Dolphins. Could be a look ahead. So I'm saying. I mean, it could be. It, you're right. It might be. But Eagles were supposed to lose last week to the Rams, right? You we're, know, we're both on that one, yeah. And you know what they just did? They just went up front and manhandled Aaron Donald and the rest of them, right? Like offensively and defensively, they were sitting in Stafford all day. Zach Wilson dealing with freaking uh, Fletcher Cox and and, uh, and Brandon Graham and Jalen Carter and all of them dudes. Come on, man. Scary. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, I, I heard all this. Yeah, he sat next to Aaron Rodgers, so he got better, right? I sat next to Shannon Sharp for four years. I didn't get no bigger. <laughs> you know, I didn't get no richer, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, at Monday through Friday, you saw it. I was right there. Me yeah. and him. Sat next yeah. to Joy Taylor. I didn't get any prettier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm sorry. Like, nah, it's, it's, I don't buy it one bit. Zach Wilson comes back down to earth. And it really should have been last week against the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that one. We'll see how that one turns out. Then the last one we're going to talk about, talk about intriguing. We have the Kellen Moore Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys, after that beatdown, are staying out here in California to take on the L.A. Chargers. Monday Night Football right now. The Cowboys are a road favorite, Martin. Minus two. Right now, the over-under is at 51 even. Where are, you, where are you leaning on this one? Did you know that Jerry Jones was born in Inglewood, California? I did not know that. He was. And that's why they're a home favorite. Because this, 
this is a Cowboys game. The Chargers don't have fans. Like, I don't think people can understand, unless you've actually been to a Chargers game, how few Chargers fans actually exist in Los Angeles. Like, they moved the wrong teams. If they had yeah. moved the Chargers to Vegas, it would yeah. be, it'd be, they'd be nuts. They'd be going oh, crazy. Over. And they moved the Raiders to L.A., it'd be an entirely different story. But they didn't. They moved the Chargers to L.A., and now nobody cares. Nobody cares. Less people care about the Chargers and the Rams. That is going to be a Cowboys. That is going to be AT&T West. Oh, yeah. Right. That's all it'll be there. So two points. I mean, taking the two, this off, I want to do home field advantage. I have Cowboys minus five. Now, verse off the teams, Brendan Staley is going to do something dumb. He had a week off to think about what dumb stuff he could do. You know, how can I, how could I cost my team the opportunity to try to win a game again? You know, I, he's going to do something dumb. This is like, a, what about a, the Kellen Moore revenge game? I just, <laughs> you know, and I know that Dallas offense hasn't looked great this so far this year, but Kellen, they used to talk about Kellen Moore when he was in Dallas. Like he was freaking Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. And I'm just like, Dude, I, it's just deep overs and crosses. It's deep overs and crosses. That's all it is. <laughs> and sure enough, I saw a video of uh, Fred Warner today talking about doing some podcast and friendly as his own with his wife. But uh, he was talking about how, again, it was deep crossers. And that's all it was for the Cowboys in that game. And that's how he was able to get home on one of the Dak sacks that he, t- that he took. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Going down with this ship. Give me the star. Yeah, I was playing a little devil's advocate there, but uh, we're on the same page here. I think this is the the perfect regression to the mean game. You know, normally when a team, especially a good team, gets the kicked the week before, they, they normally bounce back that next week. And like you mentioned, this is basically a de facto home game at a SoFi Stadium. I I, I think they, they definitely win this game. And like you mentioned, Brandon Staley is going to make another – decision to lose the game. I think is actually going to lose them the game this time. And the Cowboys covered the two points. This is a tough one though, because it's like it which which coach is going to be dumber. It is Mike McCarthy kick running for it, running the ball on third and four and then kicking a field <laughs> going fourth down. I mean yeah. up there with the Josh that's like a Josh McDaniels level decision. How about kicking a field goal up four to go up seven? Yeah, but I will say, though, I feel better about this game because the Cowboys got beat so badly last week. If the Cowboys would have lost a close game or even won that game, this would have been a perfect, like, letdown after beating the Niners. Everybody's on the Cowboys, going to the Super Bowl, and they lose to the Chargers. But since they got their beat so bad, I I, I think this is a perfect uh, game for them to ride the ship and get back on track against a, a, a pretty good Chargers team. Yeah, they're good, but I just wonder. Like Khalil Mack had six sacks and they barely won. Like yeah. those are the type of things that you feel like you should. They're playing a rookie quarterback. You know, it's like they keep themselves in games that they probably should have <laughs> raced yeah. out of. Uh, Cowboys, and again, Cowboys just one week, right? If you deleted this week out of, if you deleted the Sunday night game against the 49ers, who are probably the best team in the NFL, right? What what do you think this line would be then? I think Cowboys minus four, maybe. Yeah, four sounds about right. Four and a half. You know, so that, yeah. you know, I, I I don't hate it. Yeah. All right, Mark. Let's take a quick break, and hopefully we're not going head to head on these lemon pepper parlays again. The kid from Kansas City. Yeah, Mister uh, Mister Dante Culpepper himself. <laughs> what you got on uh, for your lemon pepper parlay here? Yeah, so I'm actually leaning on two games that we discussed in our five-game showcase here. I'm taking the Niners minus five and a half, and I'm pairing that with Dallas Cowboys money line. <laughs> the two teams that just played this past week, ironically, against each other. I'm taking them to ride the ship and keep it going this week. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I don't really care who's the quarterback for the Browns this week. I have a feeling it's not going to be um, Deshaun Watson. So uh, I really love the Niners with the five and a half. And like we mentioned before, the Cowboys bounce back, taking on the money line, get those two plays at plus 238. So I'm going with, uh, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens on the money line. Again, playing that London schedule loss, I think that Tennessee is going to get. And I'm taking your favorite team, 
that you just know all the extensive quarterback history of the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. Taking the Minnesota Vikings here. I know Justin Jefferson, his trade request isn't pending. We'll talk about that in just a second. Just didn't do but that. I'm sick of the Bears, man. I'm sick of this conversation. This whole Justin Fields second He's in back. the NFL and, and, and are going into Sunday was tied for the league lead and touchdown passes. DJ Moore had 230 yards receiving that game. How many passing yards do you think Justin Fields had on Thursday night? I don't remember. 282. <laughs> So you're telling me 90% of those yards went to DJ Moore. <laughs> Maybe even more than 90%. I didn't do the math. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> but like, I'll, I'll put it like this. Only 50% 50 of his passing yards went elsewhere. It was a DJ Moore game. And so why it's hilarious to hear Carolina might be in the market for trying to find a number one wide receiver. Well, well, you just traded one away. But the Vikings have been the worst luck team this year by far, a year after being the best luck team. If they fumble this one out of the back of the end zone, I'll never bet on them again. But, like, last <laughs> week, Vikings plus four was the right side. I don't care what you say against Kansas City. I know that Kansas City came out there and won, but the Vikings was the right side and the points. So that's, like, such a moral victory thing to say. <laughs> I mean, I put it like this. I'd rather be on the side of a loss like that than three and a half with Dallas when you know it's, like, ten minutes into the game that you don't stand a single shot. Well, how about this, though? I don't know if it was the right side. And I, I know we want to get into Justin Jefferson real quick. But you know this year, typically I know the Chiefs don't cover. I believe they're 3-1 and one as favorites against the spread this year, if I'm not mistaken. Or, yeah, I think they are. Because they Can't covered. Right. No, because they covered against the Jags. They okay. covered against the Bears, obviously. Okay. They didn't. They they didn't cover against the Jets, and they didn't cover against the Lions because they lost. Okay, so they're they're still over five hundred though. It's five weeks. They're three and two. So what? Yeah. They'll be three and three after this. All right, they should have been done three. You know, depending on who they play. Like I'm not laying, I'm not laying more than a touchdown with Patrick Mahomes and his freaking sliding out of bounds with two seconds left. Chiefs ten, ten and a half over the Broncos. I'm I'm hammering that. Man. <laughs> I just, Sean Payton could have just sat there on the couch in Los Angeles and he would have had a statue built for him in New Orleans, walking into the Hall of Fame, but no, he didn't. But you know what he won't do? He's probably not going to be trading for Justin Jefferson. Seeing as Justin, I've seen like some reports too saying that Justin Jefferson is like concerned about where Kirk Cousins is going to be. And like that is like a major decision in his trade rumors. And I just say, that cannot be true. And if it is true, I'd like to talk to Justin and advise him about how poor of a decision that would be. Bring him to Kansas City. Hey. <laughs> this guy. Listen, and there's a false narrative the Chiefs didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill. They had a contract on the table for, for Tyreek Hill. He just didn't accept it. So it's not like the Chiefs would not pay for high-end talent. It's that they have a number. And if, if you're not willing to go to that number, Brad Veach is going to move on. But I do think there's a rare chance for Justin Jefferson because he's so young. Tyreek's 28, 29. Jettas is only 24. So I think he would be more than willing to pay for Justin Jefferson. AFC team, you get him out the NFC. Obviously, everybody's saying we need receiver help. You mentioned it earlier. What better situation than to bring him with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and uh, aging Travis Kelsey as he gets older? I think you're going to need a true number one guy. We see him getting these little knickknack injuries now. Can't just keep relying on Kelsey over the next two or three years. I think it makes the perfect sense in the world, and it would wreck the league. Um, what does the trade package look like that Kansas City can provide that no one else can? I mean, the, it's not really about the package for me. It's about how, who's willing to pay the money. I mean, obviously, the package, I think we're going to be similar for whoever gets them. You're going to give up at least... One one for sure, maybe a one and a two or a couple ones. Like, I think it's, it's probably be, a one and a, I think it's probably yeah. a one and a, like if it's not a one and a two, it's like a one, like a like a, I can see like a two and two threes or something like that. Yeah, but I will say this though this is kind of playing devil's advocate here. What if the Vikings end up with the number one pick? He stays to play with Caleb Williams, right? They're, the Vikings are not going to end up with the number one pick. There's, they might, they might. there's too many bad teams just they in the might. NFC. 
Jettis is out the next four weeks. The pick. But he's probably not going to play the rest of the season. Why would the he come Vikings, back? And- <laughs> there's too many bad teams. You think the Vikings, the Vikings just beat the Panthers. The Panthers might end up with the number one overall yeah, pick. Yeah, but they're not going to, they're not going to drop the quarterback though. They already have their quarterback. Now that's a different scenario. If you told me the Vikings get the number one pick on record merit, that's something different. Like they trade into the number one pick, different story entirely. I think it's possible. I think that's feasible. I think I think that there will be, first of all, there will be a ton of movement between now and the NFL trade deadline, which is October 31st. And secondly, there will be a ton of movement towards the top of this draft because there are quarterbacks at play uh, that will be coming out here in the first round. And by the when it's all said and done, Caleb Williams is not going to be just the number one say-all, be-all. Like, he may well be, like Bryce Young was, may well be the number one guy. But, like, again – in a draft where it was kind of clear that Carolina was taking Bryce Young, we still had three guys go in the top five picks for quarterbacks. I think it's going to be, you see something like that happening a lot, and, and especially in this draft coming up. There's a lot of dudes coming out that people are really high on. I'm just saying that all the teams at the bottom right now, that would be the most fun situation for Caleb Williams and the best fit. He would have the best receiver in the league, and he gets to play with his former college teammate in Jordan Addison from USC. I, I, I just think that would be fun. So I'm kind of rooting for that. And the NFC, Martin, the NFC needs more young, talented quarterbacks. They're all in the AFC. We need more balance in the league. You know, so we, we say that. We, 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 we keep talking about we need more balance. I know this. On balance, the NFC is kicking the AFC. Well, I'm talking about just from a quarterback perspective. Like, all the young guys are in the AFC. You got Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, I mean, come on. Can we mix it up a little bit? Lamar Jackson. They're all look, look CJ at Stroud. I challenge you to look at the all 22. There's more to life than quarterbacks. <laughs> There's more to life than quarterbacks. I'll so come back, back to some of these NFC offensive lines. All right. I'll come back next week with my in the trenches all 22 breakdown. We all look forward to it. <laughs> I can't wait for it. In the meantime, good luck this week, man. All right. You too, in man. fact, I take that back. You know what I'm saying? Medium luck this week. I need good luck this week. See you guys next week.